Welcome to Local Talent Time, the segment where Western Tourist Radio showcases the talent of WA and the Southwest. G'day, welcome to Western Tourist Radio's Local Talent Time. Our next guest is a WA rural author, Linda Bettenay. G'day, Linda. Hello, Barry. How are you today? Really good, thanks. You've written a couple of books now. Would you like to tell us their titles and a bit about each of them? Yes, thank you. Well, my first book was Secrets Mother's Keep, and that's been out now for about two and a half years and has sold really well. And fairly recently, at the end of last year, I have just released Wishes for Starlight. And, yeah, we're just starting on that um, that travel that journey now. And, yeah, we're having a really good time out and about, around the country, trying to promote that as much as we possibly can. So you're from a rural background and you're getting out into regional WA promoting your book and promoting writing as well. Yes, I am. I'm very passionate writer and a very passionate reader and I think a lot of readers, you know, really harbour that desire to do some writing as well. And uh, yes, I'm also extremely passionate about the country. Look, I grew up in the Perth Hills in, uh, in, a, in on, on a valley in an orchard in Carragullen and when I grew up that was really, really rural. So I suppose a lot of my background is is farming and is, is rural and so... When I first decided to write, then the natural thing was to write books about West Australia and West Australian country area. And I do find that my books have great resonance with people who can either who either currently live in the country or have great memories of being in the country. This is playing on tourist radio, so the people we have listening will be West Australians and visitors to Western Australia. So I guess uh, your books would also qualify as a souvenir of Western Australia. Absolutely. I think some of the best um, best feedback I have I have received has been from people who've said, I like the fact that you're writing stories about my place and that they really feel great empathy and resonance for those things because they've been there, they've seen that. But the other side of it is the people that want to know more about West Australia because there is so much more about this wonderful state that isn't always in the guidebooks. And I believe firmly that you can only bring that out by writing really good stories about a place and then people will relate not only to the story but also where the the story takes place. I'm sure you're right about that and... uh... It seems that Western Australia is sometimes considered just as a whole to dig out iron ore, but there's so much more to it, and uh, I think what's happening in the iron ore industry at the moment points to the folly of that approach. Oh, yes. No, totally agree with you. But also, I think that sometimes we're a little bit dismissive about the fact that West Australia only has a short history. And we say, well, there's no no history here. There's no stories here. Well, yes, there is. There's fabulous stories. And I often in my author talks, I actually encourage people to go out and buy a book written by an Australian and even better if it's actually a story that comes from Australia. Both of my stories, um, look, they are fiction. I actually write historical fiction, but I call them faction because they're very, very steeped in historical fact. In fact, one lady once told me told me off because she said, you learn things when you read your books. 
And I said, yes, you do. You learn about our wonderful state. You learn about what happened here. And perhaps only that's, that's the only way we will ever get a, a great history that we all value. Tourist radio is a storytelling medium and the stories of the past are so important. And uh, it sometimes seems to me if, if we don't know our stories, then we run the risk of repeating the errors of the past. Yes, I totally agree with you. In fact, some people ask me about you know, they, they say they introduce me as an author and I actually like being referred to as a storyteller because I think that is my real strength, is that I am able to tell a really good yarn. And both Wishes for Starlight and Secrets Mother's Keep are very, very good stories. They're stories that did happen or the vast majority of them did happen. They happened here. And I really think that it would be wonderful if everybody would read them. I'm sure you're right. In another segment of our program, I've been talking to Linda Bettenay about her book, Secrets Mothers Keep. Linda's newest book is called Wishes for Starlight. Would you like to tell us a bit about Wishes for Starlight, Linda? Certainly would. Wishes for Starlight is based on stories that I was told by some very old people in Carrigullen and lots of different people have told me a similar story but really it's based on my grandfather's and my father's memory. Starlight was an Aboriginal boy. He was born in 1889 just outside a little settlement called Canning Mills which was the first of the timber settlements in Western Australia. Now this Aboriginal boy was born and he was also deaf mute so he had a few things going against him. For various reasons he was abandoned and he was discovered in 1901 by three little white children playing where they shouldn't be and doing what they shouldn't do like all good kids should be doing. Anyway they found this Aboriginal boy in a chook pen and he was fighting dogs for scraps and he was in a terrible state. He was all scratched and covered with sores. In the way of young children they all decided that they wanted to keep him. So they decided to take him home. Well, you can imagine that some of the good people of Canning Mills didn't think this was totally appropriate. Anyway, after a lot of discussions, they decided that they would adopt him. And the township of Canning Mills did keep Starlight there for many, many years. Now, this story traces through those three white children as they grew up and how powerful they were because they were Starlight's protectors. Because this happened in an era in about 1901 to 1905 where they brought in some of the most draconian rules in Australian history, the 1905 Aborigines Act, which made the lives of most Aborigines absolutely unlivable. But because Starlight was in this location with these very strong white protectors, then he was actually fairly immune from some of the things that happened. So the story, I suppose, the basic story behind Wishes for Starlight is these three white children as they grow up and the things they do to keep Starlight safe. And this is actual fact, this isn't fiction. Look, it's a very hard one to establish because it was all based on oral history. And most of what they did to maintain Starlight's safety, they did in private. 
They certainly didn't write it down. So though with my first book, I could say, I can prove this. Just go up and have a look on Trove for all the newspapers and you can get this history down. Starlight is a lot harder to prove. But I did actually take the information from many different sources, um, from people, some of the old folk that had lived in the area who could remember Starlight right the way through. Why he was quite significant is... One of the things that happened to Aboriginal people in that era was that they were removed. They were removed and taken out of the metropolitan area and put first at Katanning and later at Moore River Settlement. Well, they didn't take Starlight. In my understanding, Starlight was the only Noongar of his, of his group, his mob, the Wajuk, the people of the Crow. He was the only one who was actually able to stay in the area and maintain permanent residence all the way through his life. So that alone makes him really significant. That is a very powerful story in the whole reconciliation discussion, isn't it? Oh, it certainly is. But I suppose I'd like to assure the listeners as well that though it has this very serious side to it, it's actually once again quite a a humorous and almost frivolous book in many stages because it actually traces the three white children as they grow old. And I suppose one of the things that I always maintain is that history is is written by white English males and often white English male Protestants and so often it it comes through with a prism. Now these three white children who discovered Starlight, one of them was a white English male Protestant. He was Arthur and he was my grandfather so therefore I know this story is too true because my grandpa never lied. The second one was Mary, and Mary obviously was female, and she was born into a tricky situation. The daughter of the publican, who was a bully and a wife beater, and an absolutely repulsive man. And so she had lots and lots of challenges to get through. I suppose Mary's story is shows... Um, why she had this terrible life so she developed this wonderful soft side and it was Mary I suppose that supports Starlight mostly. The third one of these rascals was Marco Sorini who was an Italian immigrant and he had the problems of being a migrant, being Italian and being Catholic. So he had lots of challenges but he also had a lot of softness and vulnerability and certainly affected Starlight. So I suppose one of the saddest parts of my story is that yes they did support and protect Starlight to a lot, to a great extent, but not totally. Starlight was never totally equal. Even with these three who really loved him, he was never properly equal. He was never totally accepted. And on the front cover of my book, there's an amazing picture that was done by an artist, my artist, um, Laurie Smoker. And it has the picture of Starlight with one of the sides of his face lit up and the other side in darkness. And I suppose this was always the challenge through his life. How do I live as an Aboriginal person, half in the white culture, half in the black culture? Both books are very powerful stories and uh, anybody on holiday and uh, I guess holiday time is a time to think and reflect and I guess both would be inspirational in terms of thinking where you can come, however bad things are at any particular time, there is always tomorrow. Yes, and I suppose your, your lead in there... 
I really wanted to write a good holiday read. So that's the basic thing for people who come to my books is just know you will be entertained. Yes, you might cry a bit. Yes, you might laugh a bit, but you will really enjoy it. And guess what? That lady who said to me that you learn things from my book was perfectly right. You will. You'll learn things, but you'll learn things about people who pioneers, who had resilience and who got through some pretty, pretty sad times. The people who made Western Australia what it is today. Absolutely. And I hope that there's still that pioneering spirit in some of us. Don't you agree, Barry? I'm sure there is. Well, it's lovely talking to you, Linda. Thank you very much. And thank you to all of the wonderful people who are visiting Western Australia and for the West Australians who are out there and enjoying our great state too. Good to talk to you all. Do you want to mention your website? Oh, yes. Last bit. It's very important to say where you can get my books. Well, you will find them in lots of quirky places. You might find them at the Williams Woolshed. You might find it at the Augusta Lighthouse Museum. But you'll also find it in many spots around the place, bookshops and CRCs and all kinds of visitors' centres and locations like that. Or for the technologically gifted amongst us, try typing in www.lindasbooks.com.au and you'll have all the information there for how you can buy my books. Thank you very much. I like that, Linda. I like the quirky bit. I like to think Western Tourist Radio is pretty quirky because there's no point in being like everybody else, is there? Absolutely not. That's exactly why we're out and about selling and promoting our book in all the country locations that we go to. We like the country. To find out more about any artists featured on Western Tourist Radio programs, simply visit touristradio.com.au slash local talent. Thank you for listening. Drive safely and enjoy our great southwest. <laughs>